0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Bobblehead podcast. So today is part two of a podcast we started last week and it's a kind of an ongoing discussion that we had. It comes from uh, one of our listeners had sent in a question or really a topic they wanted to discuss and Davin and I really dive into it and we had such a long uh, discussion that we kind of broke into two parts so this is a continuation of discussion we had about really trying to do the right things and doing the hard things early in life so that those things pay off later in life whether that's learning skills do putting off uh, the gratification of a lot of instant uh, gratification of money or fame or success in order for that to be long term what do we have to do early on in life to get to that state of success and so uh, this is a continuation of that. So we'd love for uh, you to listen to this and give us some feedback. And we talk about at the end of the podcast actually giving you an email to give us some feedback on what you would like to hear moving forward, along with what you think about the topic of today. So uh, glad you're here.
1: Um, there, there's there's a saying that I love, and I'm gonna give a, a bit of a military story. Is everybody wants to be advanced everybody wants to do the sexy stuff in life whether it's be the boss whether it's you know be an owner uh whether it's be a professional athlete or whatever um so we we get enamored with being advanced but i learned a long time ago that that being advanced is just flawless execution of the basics say it again being advanced Mm -hmm. is nothing more than flawless execution of the basics okay yeah doing the small stuff right day in and day out right and knowing that, that that little incremental effort that you put towards becoming 1% better in a day, adds up over time, right? right? Instead of going for that 15% jump, mm-hmm. go for the 1% increase, right? right? And, and I think, again, there's a generational component to this, but I saw this a lot in the military. Um, when, you know, graduated boot camp, went to Airborne School, and then uh, went to the Ranger Indoctrination Program. And we started with 269, and we graduated with, with a handful of, of students at the end. And all of us at this point were, were Rangers, right? We, we put on the black beret, like I'd made it in life, Tim. Like yeah. I was here we go. I'm I'm right. I'm a badass Army Ranger now, right? right? And all but one of us are going to Third Ranger Battalion, which is where they conduct the Ranger Indoctrination program. It's called RAS. It's it's a different name now. But anyway, so they they put us in formation and they march us over to the brown fence and inside of the brown fence. Oh wow. And as soon as we hit the perimeter, and again, I've got my beret on, I've got a I've got a pinned on scroll. Like I am, I am on top of the world. Right. Right. I've made it. When we hit the entrance to that brown fence it was like our world came crashing down i mean like guys were catcalling hanging from the windows like fresh meat you know like like yeah. the new guys are here yeah and i spent the next i don't know 4 to 6 months getting everything that i thought that i had accomplished getting ripped to the ground because i didn't i thought i had made it yeah but it was the it was nothing but the very beginning yeah and and, and about 50% of guys that make it to the regiment stay there longer than 6 months really because so many of them have a hard time reconciling that they haven't made it. Yeah, they didn't hit the end state. They hit the start point. Wow. Yeah, and so you had to get there. And and again, like outside of the, the psychological and the emotional and the physical side of things, and the rigor of of being in a special operations unit, again, it was the mindset of like, wait a minute, I was I'm I'm the pinnacle now. Yeah, and the guys that that couldn't do it didn't stay. Yeah, because they thought the short game was the long game, but you had to get there and and get destroyed and get your you know your your ego and
0: humility everything put in check and then just go to
1: work to get better.
0: So basically it sounds like when you got your ranger pen or whatever that's just, what yeah. the scroll whatever scroll yeah. Um so when you got that scroll it was basically at that point in time they had given you a license to learn. It was an entry ticket. It was an entry ticket yeah. to okay, you've you've shown what it takes, you've you given us what it takes in order for you for us to allow you to now learn. Yeah. Right. It reminds me a lot of it's completely different. But you know, when I got my pilot's license, I was 24-ish. And they told me when I got it, it's okay, congratulations. This is now your license to learn. Now you really learn mm-hmm. how to do it. You go from I'm the greatest aviator the world's ever seen to I know nothing. All I do is now have a license that I can go learn without somebody sitting next to me. Yeah. And and it sounds like similar but harder in yeah. your case is um you know now now you go across the fence and now that's when the learning starts everything everything that you've learned at this point does nothing more than set you a foundation for what the next level of foundation is going to be right um and and, you know a lot of people going back to to young people they think just because they graduate college that because they have this certificate Mm now that that's their they've got it made, right? Everybody's gonna want me, I'm gonna make all this money. And and it's a big wall that people hit because all of a sudden they figure out that not everybody wants them. yeah. And that there's a lot of people just like you. And, you know, nowadays a, a college diploma doesn't mean what it used to, you know, all it means is, okay, I, I see that you've got, you've had the will to be able to make it through to get this, but show me what you can do. yeah. Because at the end of the day, an employer is gonna look at you and say, what can you do for me what value can you bring to me and you know that certificate doesn't bring me any value
1: think about arthur right same thing with college athletes yeah. right they work their tail off for however many years to get that scholarship and they, and they get there and they expect to be treated as though they're among the elite right? right but you're all you're you're there in a class a freshman class of of 40 40 new players who are all the same and everybody yeah. there the baseline is all district all new, state new level right? all, all conference whatever right And a lot of athletes have a hard time bridging that gap too, because again, like they think the short game is the long game. They think the long game is the short game. And for me, what, what it was all about, I spent, I had to reset my expectations when I was in the military and just focus on literally just getting 1% better at my craft every single day, whether it was going for a run, whether it was, you know, working on dime washer drills to make my, my, my trigger squeeze better, you know, whether it was working on any kind of field craft from camouflage to setting up hide sites and, and just trying to get incrementally better every single day. And, yeah, you know, sometimes it was one percent, sometimes it was five percent, mm-hmm. but sometimes it was zero yeah. percent, sometimes it was negative five percent. Yeah. But it, it was it was just about keeping the perspective of just trying to get better, right? And, and every single obstacle that you ran into wasn't an obstacle, it was just something to make you better,
0: right? Absolutely. And and so, you know, one of the fun things about that is if you think think back and, and kind of go back to what Arthur was talking about, and our advice to younger people would be is for your first job. Or you know, instead of going after the money, go where you can learn the most. You know, where can you go that you can really get a lot of experience and learn a skill on how to do something that will add value to either that employer or one day another employer. Um, I can remember I had a uh, I had a, a phone conver- couple of phone conversations uh, with some kids that were getting out of college or just gotten out of college. And their dad, in one case, the dad had called me and said, you know, it's really, my kid's really struggling. And he doesn't know, you know, he's having a hard time finding a job. And, you know, he's living at home. And, you know, can you talk to him? Absolutely. Well, the first time, the kid didn't show up for the call that we had scheduled. Yep. That's a problem. Yeah. Right. So we finally rescheduled. Had a conversation. And, I, and I, my first question was, what do you want to do in life? What, what, do you, what would you love to do for a vocation? It's like, man, my passion is really this. I really would love to do this. Very specialized, very specialized thing, right? But had gone through that in school. That's what they had learned how to do. But man, getting out of school and going straight into a job that does this is really, really, really hard. I said, okay, what do you how do you plan on doing that? Well, I just, man, nobody's giving me a chance and all her excuses. So I said, number one, why are you living at home? Because I don't have a job. Okay. So what's keeping you from getting a job? Well, we just talked about that. No, no, no. You don't understand. Let me let me give you some advice, kid. Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go get a job being a waiter. Man, I don't like. I don't really care what you like. You you call me because you want my advice. Here it is. So go get a job being a waiter. Learn how to serve people, and learn how to get results. Like tips on serving people. Right. Get really good at taking care of people. I don't care if you like it or not. Get a night job to do that do it at night don't work during the day at night you got any buddies that have co- have apartments yeah okay find out how much it's going to cost for you a month to go sleep on their couch right well, I, I don't yeah, yeah go do it don't no questions get out of your parents house and well, what am i gonna do then well during the day you know what are the two or three top companies that you know that you would love that would be your dream job to work for doing this specific thing that you want to do the most Oh, it's definitely this place and this place. Okay, great. Here's what you do. I want you to, tomorrow, I want you to call them and tell them that you want to go work for them for free. Internship, whatever, but you don't want any money for it. And if that means you throwing out the garbage every day, if that means you doing the grunt work that's something you hate doing, that's even better. Go do whatever they have that that you can do for free. Go do it and go, go work for them for free. And if it's six months, if it's 12 months, I don't care. You're making your money at night waiting tables. Go do it. He's like, that that doesn't sound like much fun. And I went, hey, buddy, this is the way things work, man. You got to figure this out. He's like, well, help me understand why I would do this. I'm like, okay, you go throw out the trash. And while you're talking to people while you're there, they're going to find out that you did this and you did that in your past and you were able to do this. And that's good stuff and impressive stuff, but not good enough to give you that job. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to say, hey, we've got this project coming up. Will you come throw out the trash or go through film or whatever? You know, Will you do that for us that nobody really wants to do? Because you're not getting paid anything. You're the low man on the totem pole. Will you go do it? And your answer is always going to be yes. Whatever they ask, yes, I will. And, and they're going to ask you to do this. The next thing they're going to do, the project, they're going to ask you to do that. And you're going to learn and you get better. Next thing you know, you're sitting right next to them doing the same thing that they're doing. And he goes, Yeah, but it's free. I went, You're darn right. But guess what? So one day somebody's gonna quit, they're gonna move on, and they're gonna need to find somebody else to do that job. So they have a choice. Do they put an ad in the paper or do they put something online looking for somebody to do that? Or are they gonna offer you the job because you're a known entity, you know them, they know you, and you instantly bring value to them. Who you think is gonna get the job? Wow, well, I never thought about that. I'm like, absolutely, right? So, number one, get out of your parents' house, go sleep on a buddy's couch, pay them monthly, and go get a waiter job. Those are not fun things, right? That's an awful, awful way to start your career in a lot of people's minds straight out of school when you got this certificate and you worked hard for it. But that's what you did. So, kid goes and does it. He does exactly what I tell him he should do, right? His dad calls me and says, thank you for getting him out of the house. I'm like, thank me. He's the one doing the work. Went to work for this other company. He was four months into the other company working, work. And I think he was getting paid like minimum wage or something like that during the day doing uh, some work at night, you know, waiting tables. And he gets a call from a large major league baseball organization. And they said, we are putting in this huge screen in the outfield. And we're looking for someone that has a background doing X, Y, Z, And we know you because your parents used to come here and have season tickets. And um, we'd like for you to come to work for us and be in charge of running this big screen. And he was like, that is better than my dream job. Hmm. And so that's what he did. He left and that's, he went to work doing that. And he was the one to help implement the big screen at this major, major league baseball team. And doing all this cool video stuff and content and absolutely loved it. Crazy thing is he's not even there anymore. He's out doing something else now, but it led to him having the dream job he wanted, but it wasn't the path that he thought he would, of how he would get there. And so I say all that to say this is, you know, what you need to figure out is the hard work is is doing something you don't want to do to learn the skills of what it's going to take to get you where you want to go, right? Mm-hmm. and so that's a tough road and sometimes you have to take a job to learn something rather than just to make some good money
1: i think the barrier to entry if if i hear what you're saying from short to long term success is humility yeah that's a big part of it for sure the the willingness to sidestep or the willingness to even have to take a step backwards yeah to pursue to pursue something that maybe you don't love for long term gain is a difficult thing to do. And and look, I saw that a lot in the military, right? Guys getting out of the military, you know, it's different when you get out after 4 years. But when you spend 10, 15, 20 years in the military, you have this expectation of what your job should be when you leave, right? I have right. 20 years of experience being in operations, all these things, leadership whatever. And they look for a job that is oftentimes <sighs> Incompatible with their experience level in the corporate world, right? right. Or or domain expertise in this specific area. So they're like, I need to get out making one hundred fifty grand a year, and they they can't find it. Yeah, and so they found her, right? Yeah. And they default back to to that short term success, right? Mm-hmm. And and their ego and lack of humility stings them when if they would just be willing to take a seventy thousand dollar a year job for a year, it's going to turn into a potential two hundred thousand dollar job over over a period of time. But it's it's that inability to see past the ego mm-hmm. that provides those limitations, and, and all too often they're self inflicted.
0: Absolutely, you know, you think back into you know a long, long time ago, into the seventeen hundreds and eighteen hundreds, and even the early nineteen hundreds. You know, there were there were trade jobs, and that trade job, if you wanted to get into that trade, that means you you went to work for that tradesman, mm-hmm. you know, blacksmith or plumber, whatever it is. And you basically were an understudy and you had to be there. And I forget what the term for it was, but you had to be there had for like apprentice. apprentice. Yeah. You'd yeah. be there too. And you really didn't make much more than a sandwich. Right. But you had to work under an apprentice for two, three years or whatever the, you know, however long it took in order to learn that craft under that skilled person until they said you were ready to go. And then you were able to go and do some of the, that, some of that work. So, you know, you don't, you know, you think about some really skilled artisans, man, you don't, you don't get out of high school or you don't get out of college. And all of a sudden, bitch, because you have a certificate that you're a skilled artisan, it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. It takes, you know, you even think about artists and just because you're a great, nobody gets out of school or nobody gets young that does art for a year and start selling their pieces of art for $50,000. doesn't happen. It takes years and years and years of them working on their craft for them to be known. You know, it's a tough, tough road, but then very few make it. But, it, you know, it's that way for everyone. It's, it's it's about, are you willing to do the things that nobody else wants to do to learn the things that you need to learn to be successful with what we eventually want to be, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, you can, you know, you look at the NFL and you look at, at these guys and you look at, all the money that they're making. And you know, I've got a good friend that uh, NFL player and he's been actually we had him on the podcast is Byron. And we talk about, you know, those the, the elite players in the NFL. And he's like, you know, there's you have to, to even be in the NFL, God has to have blessed you with some really unusual physical gifts. Right. Only the elite make it, but the only people that really make it long term Are the people that it's kind of like you said about Peyton, once you get the, everybody has that gift. 99% of people have that gift. The people that really do well are the ones that absolutely work their butts off the things you don't see on Sundays to get really good. You know, people, you know, Tom Brady wasn't a great quarterback for all those years because he had just unbelievable talent and gifts. Yeah. He worked his butt off. Kobe Bryant, Go back and research Kobe and see some of the work that Kobe used to do. That guy was an animal. Michael Jordan, animal. Not because he was just that gifted, because he worked his butt off to willing to learn the things and do the things that nobody else was wanting to do in order to be great. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to make a lot of money, then you got to be prepared to work hard to be great.
1: Yeah, it's a good point that that skill, right, in its purest, rawest form, Will give you the short-term opportunity, but yeah. inevitably it's going to be work ethic and commitment to excellence that's going to make you long successful in the long term. And I think driven by experience, right? You said something that's interesting about you know in the trades. What makes the best plumber isn't a rock-solid understanding of fluid dynamics. Yeah. It's having been into a thousand homes and seen every plausible situation and apply your intellect with your experience. Yeah. That's what makes you. That's what makes you great in the long term. And and, and I think talk real quickly it's pre-social media It was hard enough right in order to Uh, i was going to bring that up to overcome to overcome the inability to understand that experience and work ethic is going to get you there but i think we live in this world now and you sound like we sound like the crusty old men saying this but you know social media it, it creates this alternative reality right and nobody sees the ugly side of of the climb on social media, we yeah. see this perfect end state with families, with education, with work, with athletics, whatever it is. And we, and, and I say the younger generation, but I think society as a whole gets addicted to the dopamine hit of of a like of something that it is that you've done right, and we end up shortcutting our long term progress because we're we're looking for that short term hit. We're looking for that short-term, hey, man, that, that was great. And we live kind of wrapped in this world of looking for the short-term gratification of something that is that we're doing without realizing that, that what we're seeing and what we're striving for
0: in a social media-driven world isn't real life. And, and you know, you even think of, of the influencers out there, which, good gosh, I've got a story behind that too, but um, the YouTubers and stuff. You know, somebody's got several million subscribers on YouTube. Man, that didn't happen overnight. No, they worked their months off. That's you. You look at. I'm trying to remember what the guy's name is. He's like the largest YouTuber. Brendan probably, Mr. Beast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you know, if you go back and and look at how I mean the money that guy's making, it's it's crazy. But you but you go back and look and listen to him talking about how much he puts back into it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he puts more into it than he's getting back, and in order to have those numbers right. And the guy is relentless and studied in his basement, in his mom's basement for, was it like three or four years, just yeah. trying to learn the algorithms of how and why and 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 so you know you stop thinking, like, oh man, that guy make, I want to be like him and I want to go stand in front of a camera and, man, what what happens? The he got his success, but not what he did in front of the camera. It's what he did all those years trying to figure out how to make that work, right? And so no matter what you do, you know it looks. When you see people driving that great car or having those subscribers or having those followers or, you know, having that house or or wearing those really cool clothes, you want that. And there's nothing wrong with wanting that, but you've got to look at it and go, how did how do I get that? Right. And you, you don't get there through climbing the mountain a foot at a time. You get through climbing that mountain, climbing a foot and falling five. And learning how to do it so you don't do that again the next time. And another foot and losing two, right? Because yeah. sometimes you wind up back at the bottom of the mountain and you're exhausted. And, is, and you go, is it really worth it? question is, do you really want to climb that mountain? Right. And it's a question you have to ask yourself because yeah. it's not an easy climb. Over and over again. And I think even in the world of instant gratification
1: that we exist in today, success is driven by just grit and determination and hard work.
0: And I'll tell you this. Somebody's been through it. Um, the things it just, we talked about vacations a few minutes ago and the things you remember about those vacations are all the things that didn't go right. And you had your memories of the of those vacations or the things that went wrong that were funny now that weren't funny then. And you look back and go, man, those, that was a fun trip. And it's not the things that went right. It's the things that didn't go right. That turned into this really cool thing um you know we we took the kids to italy gosh it seems like it was back in the fall and uh you know if you ask them some of their favorite moments about the trip they all had the same moment they had the same day and it was a trip that we partially had planned but it turned because we were on this rough ocean and this boat that was everybody was getting sick on and man we were just headed we were trying to find safe harbor because it was it was bad and as we're Driving by in the boat, we looked up, and the guy said, there's a really cool winery up there that makes some of the best white wine in all of Italy, and told us what the name of it was. And, you know, Jamie can remember things. I can't. And she remembered. So the next a few days later, we're actually going to take this Vespa tour, and we said, hey, we'd love to go up to this one winery because we heard about it. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, it's a cool place. Wasn't part of the trip. We just kind of, the day before, kind of decided to do it. And it was definitely the best part. Of the huh. whole it was the best day of the whole vacation so all that I'll say all that to say this is that you know when you do that work and you ask Michael Jordan and you ask Kobe Bryant you know was it that championship that you remember most what are what's your most what are you most proud of and what they're gonna tell you is it was the work yeah. you know the things you know they always say it, it's not it's not the uh, destination but it's the journey that matters And that's that's what I'm going to encourage you if you're listening to this is don't take for granted when you got on the other side of that fence and you got catcalls and jeers and you working on that trigger pull that day or, you know, all that stuff that you did that made you who you are. You look back on that and the things that were most valuable to you was not just that pen or it wasn't just that certificate. It was what you did to get there. Right. Mm -hmm. The things you're most proud of, your best memories, and what made you successful was not the moment, but it was all those little bitty struggles to get there. Right. And I look back over my career and, you know, the things that I'm most proud of were decisions I had to make when things were really bleak. And what did we do when things looked like it was all going to fall under? It was all going to collapse. And what did we do? And where do we pull that energy from, that determination from that we didn't know we had in order to suck it up and make it work and make it happen? And so now that you get to this point in life, and there's a lot of people a lot of people way more successful than me. And, you know, but I've been very blessed and I've been very fortunate. And to look back and think of the moments that I'm most proud of are those things that I worked hardest for. And it was those sleeping underneath the ticket counter. And the Atlanta airport, three different nights, you know, not in a row, thank goodness. But you know, I look back and go, man, those I missed those days of, if we don't go sell this in the next three weeks, I don't know that we're going to make it. And having to go do that, man, I miss that. Um, but you know what, I, we're willing to do it, and we're willing to do whatever it took to get that done, and we pulled it off. And it was hard, and it was painful, and my family hated me at the time at times because I was gone and I had to do that, but I was willing to do it. And I don't, I, I regret not spending time with my family, but I don't regret how hard I worked to get those things that moved us to the next level.
1: Yeah. That's really cool. And, and I, I think we'll kind of wrap it up with this is, you know, go find a town and find a coffee shop or a diner where a bunch of old timers. Oh meet, man. Meet you know, love this. You know, I love this and, and listen to them and they don't talk about, how awesome it is to be where they are. They talk about the journey to get them to where they were in that diner. Absolutely. And and, and embrace that struggle and embrace that climb. And you'll find out that that really, truly is the destination.
0: It is, and, and, and we, we've mentioned on the podcast. I'm gonna say it again. If you don't have a mentor, if you don't have someone that you can go talk to that's been in business, or especially if you can find somebody that is doing what you wanna do or be where you wanna be is, You know, guys like me love people like that is people that come to me and say, hey, I'm new. I'm trying to figure this out. Can you give me some advice? Man, I will, I will spend as much time with you and talk through things with you till I'm blue in the face. As long as you're willing to listen and take the advice and doing something with it. So find a mentor, find someone that can talk to you and help you through that and, and help you through where you are in life or in your career to help you make those steps. Cause if you don't know you need someone that you can ask someone that you can talk to someone that can encourage you to say, I know your job sucks right now, but let me tell you a few things that you're, that you're learning that's going to pay off big, big, big as you move along.
1: I dig it. All
0: right. Hey, that's this is good. One, yeah, yeah. Thanks. And uh, I'm glad you made it back from Arizona.
1: Yeah. And, and always Arthur appreciate you uh, giving us this topic. Appreciate the feedback. And for our listeners, or viewers, or however many there are of you, we're always looking for that feedback. We're always looking for topics that we can discuss, that connect with you, that resonate with you, that that kind of help share the journey of where you are in your life. So, um, you know, find a way to reach out to us. We're always yeah. Happy to and connect. I
0: think uh, let's go back to email. Sometimes it seems the best way to do that. So, what's the, what's the best email to reach out? Yeah, hello at bobbleheadpodcast.com is a good way. Yeah, and
1: if you don't remember us there, I mean, we're not hard to find. Yeah. Go to our website. uh, (laughs) You know,
0: it's strange. I think Arthur found us on our regular emails. Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, so that's cool too. But hey, we're glad you guys listen, and uh, thanks for all you do, and you guys have a great week. Good stuff.